Welcome to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program. If you've ever experienced or engaged in destructive or unresolved conflict, then you know it leads to broken relationships, distrust, and damaging results. Our program will help you manage and resolve conflict effectively with strategies, valuable resources, and support. Since 2009, our radio program hosted guest experts from around the globe sharing their perspectives, experiences, and expertise while giving you food for thought. If you can't listen live, then download and listen to any of our 300-plus podcasts in our library at texasconflictcoach.com. So sit back, relax, or join the conversation every Tuesday evening, or tweet us at TX Conflict Coach. Conflict opportunities <laughs> present themselves in various ways. Often we don't notice the impact of seemingly unimportant, off-putting comments that we make to others, or of disagreements that brew in our minds that lead to something bigger than they started out. The key is communication and checking our assumptions about each other's motives and intentions instead of labeling, blaming, and sitting in our hurt. In this episode, Being in Conflict, Lessons Learned from a Conflict Management Coach, the founder and host of the Texas Conflict Coach, Patty Porter, chats with me, your special guest host, Zena Zumeta, about the lessons she has personally learned and how she embraces conflict constructively courageously, and with compassion. Join us in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio, www.blogtalkradio.com slash Texas hyphen conflict hyphen coach, and post your comments and questions. You can also tweet us using hashtag conflict chat. Well, Patty, this is such a pleasure and privilege to have you as my guest on your show. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it sounds familiar from five years ago when you first uh, interviewed me uh, after me having you as a guest, and and you had this brilliant idea, and you're like, what? You know, why don't I interview you? And I'm like, oh, that would be an odd thing on my own show. So it's it's we come Great. full circle to another, uh, you know, interview, and we'll we'll talk a little bit later at the end of the show some transition that we're going through. Right. Well, and we need to just mention that. Um, this month, April of 2017, it, the Texas Conflict Coach Radio Program celebrates its eighth anniversary. So that's quite something. Yay! It's been a it's been <laughs> quite the journey. Eight years has gone by fast, and yet it also feels like at times it's gone really slow in, in terms of the radio program. But yeah, that's quite a a long time, and I I don't think I ever envisioned uh, having done you know done the radio and, and the podcasting for eight years. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let let me just ask you, since we're talking about that, in that eight-year journey of educating the everyday person, even around the globe, what do you think you're most proud of? You know, I was really thinking about, you know, that, you know, in anticipation and just preparing for this conversation with you. And, you know, I one of the things I thought um, that I'm most proud of, there was actually three things. One was taking a risk. You know, we all mm-hmm. come to these moments in our life that we are, you know, an opportunity to step outside of that proverbial comfort zone 
And for me, it was podcasting and hosting a radio program. The risk really allowed me to stretch, to grow, and to have some fun. And I never realized, you know, how much it would stretch and how much I would grow from it. Um, So taking a risk was definitely uh, one of the most things I was proud of. Um, the other was really being courageous because, you know, when someone was having Jennifer Navarrete, I always, I always give her a hard time. I said, You're, it's your fault. <laughs> You're the one who started me down this journey. And she really believed in me. And she, uh, she said, you can do this, you know, because there was a fear factor to that too, um, having no experience in radio or anything of that nature. So really thinking about, how, you know, what is the thing I was afraid of and how could I uh, just tell myself, you know, let's just be courageous about this and telling myself, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay to fail. It's going to be okay to make mistakes. And I knew that she had my back. She was coaching me and just kind of get, guiding me to get started and that it was going to be okay to just stand up and try again if I did fail. And so, you know, being courageous is there is a lot of opportunities to be courageous on this show. Um, and one in particular was when we had a guest um, that was uh, we were talking about workplace bullying but the guest himself had an abrasive tone and we had a caller and he was being very he was very much being uh, you know bullying behaviors with the call in guest I thought oh my god I just wanted to hang up the phone (laughs) say it was all done (laughs) you know so being courageous in many many moments and taking this kind of you know challenge and we all we all face that right you know where we whether we're you know in our even in our field as mediators coaches you know dealing with conflict all the time we as practitioners have to be very courageous in how we deal with people but imagine the people at the other end that we're helping who is either at the mediator table um, you know they have to be courageous to sit in the room where they know they're either angry at the other person or the other person's about to pounce over the table at them and so the courage was another thing and then the last two was a partnering with others you know I'm really proud about how this really turned and really you're the one who kind of had that first true partnership with Vizina because like like we said a few minutes ago you were instrumental in helping me change how we host the programs you know and 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 when you turned around and said well let me be your your guest host your host and let me interview you and that actually started the whole trend of bringing in other special guest hosts um and you I was were also very the proud one who to do that too. Yes, I do. It was so much fun too, and yes. and yes. you were also instrumental in bringing in uh, the idea of using student interns uh, as the program was going. So that whole partnership uh, with you and and so many people was was something that I felt really proud about too. Well, I think I really want to acknowledge your courage in doing it and taking the risks that you did. It was just, I mean, even for me, trying to be a guest host was scary. And for (laughs) you, just opening up all of this and all of the things that you had to learn, all of the things that you did, and the the people that you have been bringing on the show, really wonderful conversations. So I have to applaud the fact that you did it, the fact that you thought of it, and the way that you did it. It's really been an amazing uh, piece of work for for these eight years and you know behind it is also the the work that you've done as a conflict management specialist um, I, and I'd, I'd be interested to talk about what brought you there how how did you learn to manage conflicts and talking about 
how you are in conflicts. What what has your journey been in conflict and mm. conflict management? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people who who've learned and uh, gotten to know me now in today's world, I think they are really surprised when they hear that I tell them I grew up as a conflict avoider. And that carried with me for many years in my early young adult life. And I, well, let me tell you, I was really good at it. <laughs> well, I am surprised to hear that, yes. <laughs> I was really good at conflict avoidance. But, you know, as I entered into my, you know, really started to get into my adult years, and I, I started to painfully, painfully find out how avoiding uh, any any potential confrontation, I don't mean like shouting at somebody's spouse, but anything that felt like I had to speak up meant I, um, you know, that, you know, I found out that by avoiding uh, these types of things and standing up for myself, it really compromised me. It compromised who I was and how I saw myself, but it also compromised my relationships with people, which ironically is the very thing I wanted to build was relationships. But my ability or my inability to communicate what I needed and therefore how I felt about it when I wasn't getting those needs met, you know, the resentments would build um, because of my inability to do that, because of my fear. Uh, I didn't want to take the risk. I didn't want to cause conflict. And so it was interesting when, you know, I entered uh, the dispute resolution field and started to learn about, I was already, you know, finishing up my 13-year bachelor's degree, uh, and I knew (laughs) that I wanted to, yeah, exactly, right? And uh, I knew that I wanted to go into the helping field. You know, many of us who do this work want to go into the helping field, Uh, but at the time, I didn't know there was a dispute resolution field. And so I've already told that story, how I got in the dispute resolution field, but it was when I started to study conflict, conflict dynamics, that's when I really started to make more dramatic shifts in how I viewed conflict, how I viewed myself, you know, really looking at the fears I had about speaking up for myself and how I engage with people uh, and how do I, you know, communicate my needs and how do I listen to concerns and begin to use more courage in addressing the problems. And so let me tell you, it was not an overnight success. (laughs) You know, it never is. But, you know, I've heard one of the phrases that I have heard is we all teach best what we most need to learn. And it Mm. seems like your story is exactly that, that you becoming out of your own reluctance to deal with conflict, you really can help others to do the same. Well, that's what I've been hoping, you know, and and I don't think it, you know, for a long time I actually went through this phase of feeling like um, uh, an imposter. You know, you've heard the imposter syndrome, I'm an imposter, you know, and I went through that phase too because I thought, oh, man, I'm learning about conflict and dealing with conflict and how to, you know, speak up and how to listen differently and and then I can help people do this and then I'm like, ah, you suck at conflict, (laughs) how could you possibly? help other people you know and it was it's been over 22 years of studying practicing applying being coached myself um you know being intentional willing to fail um you know learning and honing my listening skills and changing and a big thing changing my reactions you know Hmm. to those triggers that i had and most importantly managing my own strong emotions and my knee-jerk behaviors you know when i would get triggered and so 
understanding conflict dynamics, understanding what trigger points are, understanding that I can change my thinking and that I can control those emotions. But, you know, you're changing a lifetime of foundational stuff you know, that's there, and so it's it's taken a while. That's why I say not an overnight success, um, but it took a while for me to get to this place where people are like, oh, you're so calm, you know, and it's you're so, so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, you should have seen me several years ago. <laughs> well, I think I think that is even more impressive that you've had to work hard to get there. I think it's quite wonderful. Um, so well, you've gotten yeah. to where you, and where you are. I think we all do. Yes, I think we I all agree. do, don't we? Yes. Yeah, I don't know anyone who has found it easy. <laughs> so <laughs> I agree with you. But, you know, you have gotten to this place where you are now. Um, what makes you continue with it? Why, how is it um, still challenging for you to be in this field of interpersonal conflict? It's one thing to be in the helping profession and help people. So I'm I'm helping them as an interventionist. Uh, I'm training and educating. So I know this stuff really intimately. But then every day I have to be very intentional as well um, about how I'm dealing with conflict. So what do I continue to be? challenged by um we all have triggers or hot buttons that are with us for life so we all most of us know that we might not know what the name is trigger or hot button but i think for the most part people know you know if you're being triggered or whatnot and i know what many um of my own triggers are but that doesn't mean they go away right because you know just because you're aware of them doesn't mean the trigger that you have so a trigger for those listening, are the things that people say or do or don't say or do that really upset you. And and so we get triggered in, in a split second. I mean, it happens very, very quickly, and we, we get super, super, you know, upset. So I've had to consistently really work on cooling my own strong emotions um, but sometimes they really catch me off guard. So, for example, and I mean, I'll just be really honest about it because I want people to know that I'm real and I deal with everyday things like they do that I struggle with as well. So, for That's my great. examples, I have this, you know, real strong – we all have strong identities. You know, we're made up of four beliefs and values and needs. And one of mine is a sense of responsibility. And uh, and so what that means is that I, I'm very cognizant about being responsible and following through. So that that's my value that I hold dear, but that also means I'm, there's a mirror effect. I'm also triggered by it. Uh, and so I, I have a very, very sweet husband. His name Robert, and he we've been together for 30 years, married 25, but he can really be forgetful, right? And he can be very laid back in his view of responsibility. Uh, that's a nice way of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes his sense of my sense of urgency uh, on certain uh, responding to certain tasks like paying the bills on time uh, is more urgent than his. And um, so this has been a trigger of mine for a long time, and it crops up for me. And uh, when it does catch me off guard. Um, then I remember, oh, my gosh, you know, I get really angry, and so and I can do it very quickly. And so I remember one time where it really did catch me off guard. I really, I really try to practice, you know, how I'm going to respond differently than reacting. But in this time, it really caught me off guard. And he was laying on the bed, and I was at the end of the bed standing, and uh, we were talking or whatever, and he said something that, like, 
I was around the bills and paying it on time, and he forgot, and I'm like, ah, like the 3,000th time, right? And I was so angry, and I picked up the pillow, and I threw it at him. And no wow. sooner than I said that, he, well, of course, he was shocked. He, he, of course, it was a soft pillow, so he, he, he didn't yes, get hurt well anything. The idea, right, that I threw the pillow, and he's, like, shocked, to say the least, he's looking at me dumbfounded. I'm feeling embarrassed because I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. And I knew right away that I had reacted. And instead, I, you know, the, the thing to do is really when you get that angry so quickly, when it's a trigger that's triggered over and over and over and over again, that it's just walk away, you know, scream, ah, you know, and then come back and say, okay, I'm really upset that the the bills were paid late, you know, and we've talked about this, you know, and, and be more thoughtful and also be, you know, and really naming what that frustration was. So that was one of my, my, uh, my very embarrassing, one of my embarrassing moments with my husband <laughs> where I wasn't oh, handling that not, very well. Nice to, yeah. It's nice to hear about, but also to hear about how you handled it and that, uh, because I think you're right. It comes up so fast. It, it catches us off guard. And then the question is, can we catch ourselves having done it and do something about it? So let me yeah. remind everyone that we are, uh, you are listening to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program. We invite you to follow us on our YouTube channel or tweet us at hashtag TXConflictCoach. Uh, I'm speaking with our founder and host of the Texas Conflict Coach, Patty Porter, and we've been talking about her own conflicts and how she deals with them. So given that we do have those very quick reactions and uh, that, you know, it's just like you've said, over the period of time, we know what the triggers are, but it doesn't mean that they don't still trigger us. They still do. Um, So what do you feel the key lessons that you've learned are <clears throat> that excuse me that you could share well, that you could share with the listeners now yeah so there was a couple there were some definitely some things that you know I wanted to to share from my own personal perspective one you know it's uh, even though I was really good at conflict it was a habit for me and, you know, and I had a lot of people that I've coached that says, but that works for me. And I'm like, you know, avoiding conflict is a choice, but it's also an approach for dealing with conflict. And so it's not a bad thing. Avoiding conflict is not, is not a good or bad, right or wrong, truth or lie. It's not a black and white kind of thing. It is a choice, choosing to avoid a situation um, or using it as a specific approach for dealing with conflict or preventing it from escalating can be very appropriate. But if you habitually avoid conflict like I did for years, and I learned how to do that to survive in my life, it only allows your emotions to fester for your needs to not get met. And so either let it go, I learned either I need to let let whatever's bothering me go if, I, if I'm trying to avoid it, or I need to be able to discuss my concerns with the other person. So just know avoiding conflict is a choice and it's approach. The other, with the example of the trigger with Robert, is to get off automatic pilot. You know, plan how you're going to respond when you're triggered. And so if you if I knew if I know if, that my trigger is around responsibility or follow through and I know that every time Robert didn't follow through, I was going to get really pissed off, <laughs> then mm-hmm. I knew I had to change the pattern. 
because I can't change Robert. Robert's going to be who Robert is. I needed to change how I was going to respond to the situation. And so I needed to know how can I control getting off automatic pilot. And and I think everyone knows what that means, but, I mean, what comes to you, comes to mind for you, Zena, when I say that? Well, I think it's it's that that same thing you were saying of, excuse me, the habitual response. And I love the idea of planning, you know, what you're going to do instead, because then I might start my habitual response, but what can come in is the thing that I really want to do. Exactly. And that takes some practice. And that's what I was saying. It was an overnight success because I didn't really, one, identify what the trigger really was. What is it that's really triggering me here? And then two, how do I want to be different? And and that was I had right. to really think about that. And then I'm like, okay, I really want to show up this way, even though I'm triggered, so I could be responsible for me, responsible for my behaviors and how I showed up. But it took some time to break that habit and to practice, you know, new responses, uh, so I could be mm-hmm. ready every time that would come up. Because it it wasn't just Robert. It could have been you know, Susie Q who didn't follow through yeah. with something, and it was yeah. the same trigger. So that's what I had to be and aware I, I, of. I also like the distinction that you made between um, what is a habit versus what's a strategy. Because just because you habitually avoided conflict doesn't mean that there aren't times that you want to do it. And so if you can do it strategically, it makes a lot of sense. It's only when you do it out of habit, out of being triggered, out of, as a style that takes over your life as opposed to you using it. Um, the way you want to. So I really appreciated you making that distinction as well. Mm-hmm. So Thank you've really you. come to the, yeah. So you've really come to the point of, uh, you're, you're not saying mastering conflict, but really having some control over how you respond to conflict. And you've taught uh, all over the globe and um, you've had this radio program and this, I think the radio program has been really a big part of not just your journey, but your journey in, in helping other people and teaching other people what you've learned. So what happens next with after the eighth anniversary to the Texas Conflict Coach blog talk radio program yeah exactly well we are making uh, program changes uh, starting uh, May the 1st and part of this is we want to make changes to provide more effective and valuable content and so during this transition as I'm still thinking about what does that look like? Because we're thinking about exploring video and using video logging uh, or video blogging, if you will. How exciting! Um, and yeah, that's a whole new a whole new world there in the whole you know because YouTube and everyone who's doing that uh, and people are very tend to be very visual as well. But we're we're not the first thing is I want to make sure people understand we're not going away. We are transitioning, and so we are going to be rebroadcasting well liked episodes straight from the R archives. Um, So you're going to hear um, uh, some of these episodes played uh, starting in May, and also we're going to continue our live conflict chats ripped from the headlines on the last Tuesday of the month. Uh, We're going to continue to uh, actually increase and publish weekly blog posts focused on conflict management uh, so that people are still getting uh, content information every week on conflict. 
And we're also going to periodically host special uh, episodes uh, or have an uh, extra special guest, uh, and so we'll announce those when uh, those get scheduled. But as we move through these changes, uh, we want people to know that we have over 355, excuse me, 315 episodes, um, and that can be accessed anytime, anywhere. We're on YouTube. We're uh, transferring a lot of our shows onto YouTube, at Texas Conflict Coach YouTube channel. Um, of course, you can access the entire podcast library at TexasConflictCoach.com. We're on iTunes. We're now on FM Player and Google Play. Um, so anytime, anywhere. People are like, well, are they still going to be available? Absolutely. Um, so that none of them are going away, and uh, you have 315 to listen to, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah, what what an accomplishment at 315. So well, now you are part uh, to- part of that big journey too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's been wonderful. But I'm excited that you're going to be doing the weekly blog posts and that you're really moving to think about video. I think I think that will be quite wonderful as well. Well, Patty, you've you've had um every one of your guests, uh, you've asked them what what is the assignment of the week? What what is your call to action? So I want to ask you that same thing. I think, what assignment you know, do you want to give our listeners? Ye- Yes, yes. Um, There's two things. One is for those of you who really have difficulty communicating your needs because you're afraid that it's going to be perceived in some way or or cause tension or disagreement, just communicate one unmet need each day. Keep it simple and build your confidence. I mean, it could be as simple as you're at the restaurant and the waitress didn't bring you something, and you'll say, you know, you just say, excuse me, uh, could you please bring me blah, blah, blah. Or if it's a friend, you know, just say, you know, I really I really need you to just listen to me for just a few minutes. I mean, so it doesn't have to be nasty or anything. It's just communicating what is that need one, once a day. And the second is, Learn to start expressing your emotion. And, and, and I, what I mean by simply share, because by, by naming your emotion, it really kind of takes the sting out of things. So something's like, you know, I'm upset about how I was spoken to in front of others. Now, that might be a little scary or feel a little risky, but how do you express your emotion by naming it to the person that you're upset with? Um, you know, it maybe once you have calmed yourself down, you go back and say, you know, I'm really frustrated. I'm really angry, um, and I really just wanted to say that and then walk away. I mean, just bring it in, integrate it in, and sometimes just saying it out loud, I'm really upset. You know, just saying it out loud, literally naming the emotion really takes that sting. So those are two very specific things um, that you listeners can start doing. Boy, and, and those are a beautiful place to start, especially given your own background. I really appreciate that as, as a way to move out of avoiding conflict and into really understanding what our own triggers are. That That is wonderful. So you want to repeat the conflict contact information um, for uh, sure. yourself? Sure. Well, your... first of all, they can get all the po- access to all the podcasts in the podcast library at Texas Conflict Coach 
www.texasgoodfoodsupplies.com. And you can also go to YouTube and just uh, do in the search engine there, Texas Conflict Coach. Um, and you can also um, look up our mini book, Stop Avoiding Conflict and uh, Stop the Dreaded Drama, at endingdestructiveconflict.com. Uh, there are links on all the different websites, so you'll be able to find those uh, two mini books that way as well. That's great. Well, do you have a final message that you want to leave with the listeners for for this interview with with the founder and the host? Uh, thank you, Zena, so much for helping me uh, by closing the show out that way. Yes, everyone, just continue to embrace conflict courageously and constructively. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Zena, for doing this with me tonight. Well, and thank you, and thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you for listening to the Texas Conflict Coach. We hope you've enjoyed the program. You can find over 300 podcasts archived to listen at your own convenience at texasconflictcoach.com or download the podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. To learn about upcoming radio programs and resources, sign up for our monthly e-newsletter.